Hello and welcome to episode 90 of The Brand Lounge, where every Thursday we feature insightful brand stories to showcase the hundreds of ways that businesses are started, the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, and to encourage you to build your business your way. I'm Tammy Hills, your host and founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant. And today I am once again joined by the delightful Nikki Gorman, the sweary spiritual coach, mentor, and healer at her business, The Fuck It Therapist. Welcome back to the show, Nikki. Hello. Hello. So in the last episode, listeners, Nikki and I talked about swearing in business with a focus on using it as part of your brand language. And then it went off into all sorts of interesting tangents, questions and explorations. So be sure to pop that one on the playlist next if you missed it. It is definitely a good one. Um, But today, Nikki, we are talking all about you and your business. So let's take it back to the beginning and start with what it was that inspired you to first become a business owner yeah so like obviously you you very kindly um sort of sent me some some notes over before we had a chance to chat today and this one was really interesting for me because there's so many different parts to why I do now do what I do um but I feel like there was probably a seed of me starting my own business when maybe 15 years ago when my my first child was diagnosed as autistic I had been dealing with severe chronic widespread pain uh, since I was 13 and then uh, having having my child and finding out that all of this wonderful you know when you when you give birth to a child, you look at this child and you can see their entire life ahead of them and you can imagine them growing up and getting married and doing this and all of these different things that you kind of create for them. And then I was kind of thrown into this new world that I knew nothing about. And that was kind of a massive shock for me um, on top of my own stuff that I was dealing with already. Jump forward two more children because uh, I have four in total. Um, my son Luke was born and uh, he was born with a inborn error of metabolism. So he was very, very poorly um, for around the first five years of his life. And I was working full time as a PA at the time. And it got to a point where I realised when he was around one that it just wasn't possible for me to be everything to everyone. And what was really interesting around that point as well is that I kind of got to this point where I was like, I can't get on board with what normal is supposed to look like. How is it normal for me to feel like I'm in pain? I'm burnt out. I'm exhausted. I'm overwhelmed. And, you know, somehow I'm supposed to be celebrating this as some kind of social proof that I'm making it in life. And That's when I started my own journey into spirituality and into seeking something bigger than myself. So there are so many different ways into why I started my business. But I think everything that took me on the journey that I've ended up on as a mum and as a wife and as a as somebody who's who's been divorced twice before, you know, all, all of those experiences Um, led me to recognize that all of the things that were painful in my life were because I was trying to live outside of my authenticity and I know we hate that word (laughs) but you know it was it was a lie I was trying to live this lie 
that you know I can be the mum, the wife, the know-it-all parent and do all of the work and do all of the housework and and all of these things while you know also apparently smiling about it and saying life's great so yeah it that part that was missing from my life was my spirituality and by spirituality I don't mean religion I don't mean um, a god or a goddess I mean that thing that is bigger than you the thing that takes you to a place of understanding yourself others the world your place in it all of those things to me are your spirituality and on that journey I found uh, release from my pain I found you know release from the beliefs and the conditioning that felt so wrong um, but I didn't know how to how to unlearn it and as I felt better and I my life started to improve. I started to want that for other people. I, I didn't want the people around me to get to that table flip moment of fuck this shit. You know, this is not what I signed up for. So I started to train in um, healing modalities and coaching and hypnotherapy and everything that helped me is what I now provide to others. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And there's something, if you're happy for me to dig in a little bit further, I have been absolutely amazed at the connection between spirituality and business, which is never something that I ever expected to see. And it feels like it's, I've had more conversations with individuals around them finding themselves and finding their spirituality in whatever context that is that they relate to since I've been a business owner than I ever have through most of my life. And I, it's interesting to hear it from someone like yourself where the spirituality came first and then inspired the business journey. Because interestingly, a lot of the people that I speak to, particularly in this podcast, if anyone goes back and listens to past episodes, which I know you all do, listeners, then it's often the other way around that suddenly having a business and having this trying to find your sense of self often leads to discovering a craving that spirituality kind of scratches that itch that nothing else will. Yeah. And, and there is a really good reason for that because spirituality is part of our psychology. It's, it's really hard for me because when people hear the word spirituality in 2021, a lot of people are thinking tarot cards, mediumship, crystals, crystals, <laughs> like all of those things are tools of spirituality, but they're not what spirituality is. You know, you can be atheist and spiritual. It's not about believing. It's not about believing in God. It's about believing that there is something bigger than you and that you're a part of that. And that it's a privilege to, to have that even through the hard bits. It's it's that you know, people who are scientific, I, you know, scientists, I would say science is their spirituality. Yeah, I would agree. I feel like spirituality is almost like the fundamental safety blanket that we have, that there's something else, whatever that might be. Yeah, it's what it's what gets us up in the morning. It's a belief that we can move forward and make a difference in some way. That's really interesting, actually. The way that you've described it right there kind of articulates or kind of encapsulates what I hear a lot from business owners, which is you want something different, but you don't know what it is. You start a business and then you feel lost because you've literally, you've changed your sense of, or the identity that you carry is now disconnected from something that feels 
normal in air quotes and you're creating something new so I feel like it's only natural progression to look at something else that's outside of that so yeah I love the fact that yours was in yours was almost like your your health journey inspired that search for spirituality where that sense of self was dislodged and spirituality connected it I think also it goes back to the I've realized I always used to think there was physical health. Then I became aware of mental health. And now I'm like, oh, okay, so it's physical health, mental health, emotional health, social health, spiritual health. Like there's so many different aspects that come into it. And sweeping over the band-aid of self-care now bothers me more than it ever used to. Because I know that my if I'm having a disconnect with something... It will either be health, mental, or emotional, or social, or spiritual, or something else. It's not necessarily just down to one thing. Yeah, and like there is again, twenty twenty one, the world of you know Insta well being. Isn't it delightful? Shove a face mask on it, you'll be fine. Right, exactly. And something I talk about on my website that gets a giggle out of people quite often is I'm all for self care. But sweetheart, a bubble bath ain't going to fix this, you know, Um, because patriarchy. But (laughs) that's actually what I say in my website, because patriarchy and and it hurts everyone. It doesn't just it's not just about women. It's about men, too, you know, and it's this idea that there is social proof in half killing yourself for success because we're measuring success by something that is very materialistic and and consumeristic which is fine like I love money pay me people but it's not connecting us to ourselves and us to each other and us to a wider like have you ever just looked up at the sky and just realized how insignificantly tiny you are Uh uh-huh and actually what a relief that can be absolutely like actually Everything I do has such a minute impact on the universe that that's that's kind of a relief because I get to just do mundane stuff and I'm still being awesome. Yeah, I contextualized it over the last year, probably like I'm a massive video game nerd. And it's like sometimes you're the main character and sometimes you're an NPC. And you know what? That NPC might be the best quest giver ever that you never need to see again but they did their bit. And like, I find that it's easier to balance what I need. Like today, I need to show up with the energy of the main character. Whereas other days, like I can be an NPC in the background for someone else's main story, which is kind of what I do as a service-based business anyways. Like sometimes I need to be the main character and lead. Sometimes I need to take a step back and support. And knowing that all of those, as long as they're focused to whatever your version of success is it needs to align with the way that you've built your business though (laughs) which is something I'm learning more and more because you can go I want to be a millionaire and you absolutely can do that anyone can do it as long as you have set yourself up to be able to do it (laughs) right exactly and you know there is absolutely nothing wrong with wanting as someone who works in the spiritual arena a lot of spiritual people can have a real problem with, um, you know, wanting financial success and um, feeling like there's something wrong if you are, you know, sharing your gifts and, and receiving money in in exchange and all of those kinds of things. But that's that's conditioning and stuff that I work a lot with people on because it's it's that's not that's not what the problem is. It's the intent behind. So what do we actually want to be a millionaire for? What do we want out of that? Let's look. A little bit deeper let's 
peel back those layers and actually get to oh okay so what we actually want is recognition we actually want to be seen we actually want to be celebrated you know all, all of these things it's it's something I work with people relating to diet culture a lot as well um you know they say if I just lose weight I'll feel blah 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 and I say okay so regardless of the weight what is it that you're actually looking for and we talk some more about it and and what it comes down to is that I want to feel sexy I want to feel alluring I want to feel confident I want to feel like I turn heads not because I want those people but because I want recognition and that's okay I want that dopamine hit We're designed to want that dopamine hit. So let's work out why, let's get conscious with why we actually want that dopamine hit so that we can do it in really healthy ways for ourselves that isn't going to completely self-destruct our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to skip back a little bit to when you made the transition from choosing to leave, because I'm assuming you chose to leave your job. I should have asked that. Let me rephrase the question. Did you choose to leave your job? And how? what did that process look like? Because a lot of people who are in the early stages of business who may be juggling too, or maybe have been in the situation or are in the situation you were in, how did you kind of come to the decision and then take those steps forward to transition from employment through to self-employment? So my journey is probably going to be a little bit different to, to a lot of people. And that's that I actually left full-time employment to be a full-time carer to my son. Um, So he was very, very poorly. And um, I was going through a separation at the time. And I actually couldn't get a childcare provider to take him on because he was such an insurance risk. So I actually chose to leave my job. And I am eternally grateful to our benefit system. um, That I was able to, to receive benefits to support myself and the children while his condition was stabilizing and I always intended on going back to full-time work like as soon as he got old enough to start going to school I was like yes I can go back to what I love now right and then very quickly I discovered that school was not suitable for my child and we actually ended up moving into home education and it was at that point seven years ago when I went into home education that I realized that I was never going to work for somebody else again so actually if I'm not going to work for somebody else again I I need to find something that I want to do that works around my children and their home education and I didn't want to I wanted to be in charge of that I didn't want to sacrifice some of my time with them because I had to go and do the work for somebody else so it had to it had to be something I could grow and and build around them okay cool so my next question would be why did you choose to go down the route of the or did you choose to go down the route of the spiritual business focus initially or did you consider doing what you did in the corporate world freelance and is that something that you did for a while that's a really interesting question because no not once did I ever consider becoming a PA for anybody <laughs> that's really interesting because you're like oh I can go back to doing what I love I'm going to start a business not doing what I did before <laughs> like it's never even occurred to me until recently um because I do a lot of PA work for my friends for free just because I'm really good at it but it never occurred to me that I should start doing that as a business when I realized that I wasn't going to be able to go back into paid employment yeah it's and I think I think one of the reasons for that is probably like if I work it backwards, my thinking at the time, if I did consider it, would have been, 
businesses tend to work nine to five and I can't I can't be available during those times um, because my day times are made up of being with my children educating them or rather watching them educate themselves but with, that's a that's a whole different conversation but yeah so I think it was it was about making sure that I had something that would would continue keeping me as me so that I had something separate from what I was becoming in our family so my business is literally one of my babies yeah I love that and I feel like anyone who has started a business alongside children will probably understand that it you know it is I'm not going to make that statement because I don't know if it's accurate. It is an important part, a massively important part of your life alongside your children, because it's essentially, especially if you're building a personal brand, it's you, you're, you're converting yourself and your personality and your, your skill set and everything else into a business. So there's a huge part of you that goes along with that. So when it comes to the way that your business has grown and developed, Are there any key points, either hardships or successes that really stand out to you that have kind of taken you by surprise over this over this business journey? There's a few. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Tell me about some. (laughs) So um, a more minor one is the realisation of how important boundaries have to be when you run your own business. Isn't it a bugger? (laughs) Oh, my word. Like people genuinely don't we don't realise how we have created this 24 seven always on experience. And And the irony is that people are coming to me because of that 24 hours always on environment. Um, that they're exhausted from and want to do something different, but they don't have boundaries around that because it's something that's just there. So, yeah, like that was that was quite a a hardship, and it's a continuing one that you know has to keep on being reasserted. But the big one I'm trying to avoid talking about is that I actually closed my business last year completely. Mm-hmm. What I will say is is taking steps that are risky is can be really dangerous if you're not your business is not in that place to take that step and for me last year was super hard my husband was made redundant and he's now he got a job straight away um he's fantastic but he now works in London every day whereas he was working down the road and was home at five o'clock now he's home seven eight o'clock in the evening so that had a massive impact on my business and I got to the point where I was like I can't do all of this I can't give everything of myself to my business and to the children and now to the evenings with my children when I'm used to having someone do that um, come in and swap over um, and on top of that I took some advice to create a membership in my business uh, under the idea that it would be easier to manage and actually it was a huge amount of work and what happened is it completely bummed because I didn't have the right community and the right audience to bring into that space so yeah I flipped my table and when done actually it's it's really tricky and I think 2020 is the year of deception because it's the year where everything felt shit but there's still good stuff that came out of it yeah it's the year that everyone was trying to put on the brave face because they didn't want to be the one that was adding extra burdens to other people or they didn't want to be the one that looked like who was failing and talking about failure when other people seem to be thriving. And it was the year where there were businesses that literally 
thrived. So it was such a year of extremes and it was difficult to emotionally manage all of the differences that we were seeing because I had friends who scaled their businesses massively during 2020. Mine came to a stop and I earned nothing. And it was so, so difficult because you do still try to have those, I still try and have those conversations openly and honestly, but at the same time, I was hurting so bad from everything that was going on that only from a business context in my mind like for generally reflecting back there were more issues at the time I was like the only thing that feels wrong is the financial aspect of my business my personal life was brilliant you know I actually loved being sat in my house with my other half he's my favorite person it was wonderful there were video games everywhere like it was it was there was a lot of good that came out of it but at the same time I absolutely understand. And I had a table flip moment where I was just like, I don't know what the point of this is. The number of times that I was crying on the kitchen floor because I dropped a teaspoon and it was the straw that broke the camel's back. Like, it's a really difficult year to, there was, the problem is there are so many big emotions that happened across the span of a year that you try and have these individual conversations. You're like, how was your 2020? I'm like, which which hour? Because it will be different. Like, how do you quantify that amount of time and those big, big emotions alongside those small moments and just summarise it all in one? So it's a big conversation. (laughs) It is. It's a huge conversation. But I think what, what it did, closing my business last year, at the time I said that was it. I was done. I'm not doing this shit again. And I knew I wasn't being truthful, but that's how I needed that's where I was at the time I was I was quite happy in my in my shit place but what it did was it created space for me to recognize where I had lost myself in my business the entire reason that I started my business was to help people with the very thing that I was therefore experiencing at that time and I had forgotten who I was helping why and why I was running my business And actually having that time away caused me to go, do you know what? No, if I'm if I'm coming back, I'm Nikki. I'm not dare to be. I'm not intuitive guidance. I'm not whenever anybody talks to me, it's Nikki Gorman, the fuck it therapist. It's me first because I'm I'm my business. And I think the other thing that was, you know, when we're talking about hardships and successes from last year, there there was definitely too much advice that I took from too many sources. And that can be really hard in a business when you feel like really overwhelmed and you're not sure what you're supposed to be doing next is we can have that tendency to to grab all the advice from all the all the spaces and try and implement all of it and none of it works. Yes. And we need to be careful because this is something that I've experienced as well. Um, anyone who is connected with me on LinkedIn about three, no, about six months ago, I put out posts saying, I need some help and I don't know what I need, but I need some help. And the amount of advice that I got from that, I will say that every piece of advice was helpful in one way or another. <laughs> Whether it was helpful advice that moved me forward or if it was helpful advice and the fact that I can rule that out, it was all helpful. But it is tricky and everyone wants to give their opinion and everyone was almost self-validating how they were feeling and going through everything by offering advice to others because they genuinely wanted to help and everything else. And it can be it can be really, really tricky. I find it really interesting hearing your story 
very much, I know this is hugely abbreviated, but the catalyst or the feelings that you were going through when you first started your business that led to you feeling like you wanted to go back. If you were going to do it, you're going to do it your own way. If you wanted to do it, you're going to show up it to yourself. You had to do it for yourself is exactly what you're going through again now. Yeah. And I love the fact that often these are the patterns that will keep happening. And I say this from a place of, I I see that in my business journey as well. And it's hard to see when you're in it, but I find it wonderful because knowing you as a business owner prior to 2020, because we haven't had much connection over the last year because hermit by name, hermit by nature right here. But seeing you and knowing you in that context and seeing you and hearing where you're taking it forward, both feel like the Nikki that I know and know and adore it's just the next level so I feel like that's quite refreshing and reaffirming that whatever you've gone through you'll probably go through again you'll just go through it better prepared and come out of it I don't want to say come out of it all the stronger but you will you'll come out of it with new knowledge new resilience you know how to handle it you've done it before you've got this Right, exactly. And this is exactly what I teach to other people. You know, the point is we're going through stuff anyway. So let's go through it with less suffering, not, not no suffering. Like, you know, life, life is a two sided coin. We have joy and suffering. So all of my work is about creating less suffering. If, we, if we're going to have stuff that's hard to go through, let's go through it consciously and know what tools we can use to create less suffering. And apparently I just I just like to, you know, vicariously live my coaching through my actual business hey look I think we all are guilty to a certain degree of doing that (laughs) this is why we don't do businesses in isolation as in like on our own we do it with other people around that we can bounce and reflect and the number of times that so we both mutually know Siobhan the wonderful Siobhan who'll be listening to this episode as she edits it and the number of times that I've left Siobhan a voice note where I'm offering advice that she has asked for or not asked for, quite frankly. And then at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I know what you're going to say and it's going to be this, or actually I'm saying this to you, but I need to hear this as well. And she does it exactly the same back to me. And it's wonderful to have that person where it's like, I need your advice, but at the same time, the advice that I'm giving, I know is the advice that I need to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I actually made a note on this um, for a, a, a question further down, which was, you know, that they say it takes a village to raise a child and uh, it takes a village to raise a business too. There's a whole other conversation around that because I'm really intrigued to explore the differences between the way that women grow businesses and men grow businesses. Yes. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. I know, right? We'll put that one on the back burner for later. <laughs> Awesome. So shutting your business down, start starting again. I'm assuming you're starting again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've lit- I literally have started again. So um, it took me a long grieving process, but I actually did end up completely deleting my previous website, my Facebook page, everything. And it was really hard because in our heads, we've got that social proof of a you know, a thousand people that are following my page or whatever it is. And we know deep down that those people aren't seeing your posts. Especially if you're not posting them. Right, exactly. (laughs) It may say that there's still that many people, but trust me, you haven't posted for a year. That is not a page you could ever reignite. Leave it alone. Um, But yeah, it took a while for me to actually press delete um, because it felt like I wouldn't be able to fall back on something. And I, I literally have started from scratch, but not because I've got seven years of business behind me and 
so many beautiful connections that are, are not about how many likes or followers you've got on social media. Yeah, absolutely. And how are you feeling? And by all means, feel free if we need to cut out this question and it's not appropriate for me to ask, but I'm curious, how are you feeling now in comparison to how you felt when you first started? I mean, I don't know what the time scale is, but it can't be that huge. We're talking months rather than years, but the difference between now where you are talking about this, I'm going to assume there's a certain level of confidence there since you are talking about this, but there will be other people who are out there who may be teetering on the edge of, do I just delete everything that I've done to start again? What kind of advice would you give them from your from your very fresh and raw perspective? I mean, when I chose to close down the business, I felt such hot shame around failing, which was really super interesting. Um, what I what I found, I'm going to be very honest, there are some people who are going to celebrate your failure. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately. And those people can go get in the fucking sea. Everyone else, the majority of the people around you are going to celebrate what you did. And that is something that was really beautiful that happened for me. I started getting cards through the post. I might cry. I started getting cards through the post. I got hampers yeah. from people. I got the most beautiful letters of people telling me what I did to help them on their journey. How wonderful is that? Who needs social proof when you've got that? Right, exactly. And I was like, okay, I'm not in a good position right now to maybe consider continuing in any way, but I'm going to keep this, that, that I made a difference to people. So when it came to coming back, again, there was some hot shame because I had told everybody I'm never coming back. And then like eight months later, I'm like, hi, I'm back. But I just faced it head on. I literally wrote an email to my email list and said, let's address the elephant in the room. I'm back. I said I wouldn't be and I am. But what I what I have done is I've provided myself with space to see where I got lost. So now I'm coming back. More me. This is how I want to move forward. This is how I want to do things. And I, if you still want to be on that journey with me, I'd love you to continue with me. I love that approach as well, because I think too often we fool ourselves into thinking that everyone, and I mean that as literally, like we, we think that everyone has to like what we do. And sometimes we'll sit there and go, well, not everyone has to, but most people have to like what we do. But when you actually think about the sheer number of people that are on this planet, like if, if you can get a handful of people that celebrate you, that celebrate your accomplishments, that celebrate what you do, who are there to support you and and help your business to thrive and grow and help you to thrive and grow whatever phase and stage you're at, then, you know, that's going to be so much better than having half a million people who all like your Instagram account. I mean, really, like, yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I think if I could say one thing to, you know, people who are potentially feeling the way that I felt and experiencing the things that I'm experiencing, or even if like you had to close down and now you're considering coming back in some way, don't be afraid to start over. Like we do it every single day. That's so true. <laughs> every single morning is a new day. And every single night we close our eyes and we start over. Like it is as natural as breathing. So this whole thing that we create in our heads that this is such a big deal I also want to point out that 
most people don't give a fuck about you. You're an NPC in their story. <laughs> yeah, like most people are so busy checking they don't trip over themselves or haven't tucked their dress in their knickers when they went to the loo. Like we're all so self-involved that actually people care a lot less about you than you think they do. And that's not to make it sound like no one cares about you because they do. It's about helping us to recognize that us starting over isn't as big a deal as we think it is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, and we're constantly growing and evolving and changing as human beings and our business and naturally will do those things with us, um, especially if we're small businesses. So let yourself grow, let yourself adapt, let yourself grow out of things that no longer fit you because otherwise you're just you're just in tight uncomfortable clothes right and no one's going to get the best out of you when you're not comfortable with what you're presenting yeah that's that's such a beautiful way of articulating it I keep thinking of it like it's a it's a big your business is a big fluffy jumper that expands and contracts and sits there and keeps you cozy whereas it's definitely not a corset And if it is a corset, maybe you need to go shopping, man. Yeah, absolutely. I think the best piece of advice that I I can think of when it comes to things like that would be that every decision that you make, you are genuinely going to make the best choice for the you of that moment. Because you're not going to sit there and go, I know this is the right choice, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go over that. You're still making that choice for a reason. And you're making that choice because it feels like the best solution for that space, for the you of that moment. And you may be a different person the next moment and go, shit, what did I do? But you still made that choice with the best intentions for yourself because that's what we do. That's what humans do. So even if you're like, but it was the wrong choice, that's coming from a space of perspective from someone who you weren't at the time of that decision choice. Completely. And when we think we've made a wrong choice, it's it's very rare that it's actually about us. It's usually about other people's perceptions. And yes, other people's perceptions when you are running a small business is essential. But again, the stuff that we think matters massively to our to our clients and to our audience rarely does. What matters is how you show up for them, how you support them and the community and the connections that you build with them. That's what matters to them. You know, whether you forget to send an email occasionally or, you know, we've all been there. We've forgotten to send the email. And we're like, oh, my God, nobody's going to ever work with me because I'm so inconsistent. It's an email. It's fine. Just, you know, obviously don't constantly do it because then it's unreliable. Well, this is it. And if you constantly do it, you're going to attract the people that are happy with an inconsistent service, which generally means they're going to be a bit difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Okay, cool. So let's, let's go to the next question. I feel like we've kind of covered a lot around how your business has changed since you've started. So if you're happy for me to, I'd love to dive into a little bit around your business branding, um, starting with your choice of business name. So the fuck it therapist with no you with no you I was trying to work out if there was a you in therapist then it is late for me um the fuck it therapist without a you in it apart from you obviously how did you how did you land on that name tell me everything okay so my business name has actually changed lots of times over the years this is my favorite iteration of it and I feel like it's going to stick around for a while 
but basically it's not really a long story. I have a a couple of different things that I do uh, with my communities that I've done for years, regardless of what business I was running. There's always been something called Fuck It Fridays, for example. I love Fuck It Fridays. <laughs> the Fuck It Bucket Friday and also Mind Fuck Monday. So I guess people just started to, it started with people saying I was the fuck it lady. A great title to have. Yeah, that's how they kind of remembered me was, oh, that's that's the fuck it lady, Nikki. And then as the fuck it bucket became more popular on a Friday, somebody may have crocheted me a mini fuck it bucket. I'm just showing. Yeah. If you're watching this on video, which will be available soon. The crocheted bucket one. And it was at that point that I kind of went, okay, there's a bit of a thing here. People seem to relate the word fuck and me together. (laughs) And I'm kind of okay with that, actually. It's one of the most beautifully expressive words in our language. So, yeah, I just, I'm a therapist and I say fuck a lot. So like one of one of my hashtags is spiritual, but says fuck a lot. So it just kind of felt a bit naughty, a little bit uncouth, uh, not expected of a spiritual therapist. And I don't like to do what's expected of me. And yeah, like I think that the crochet fuck it bucket really sold the deal for me that it needed to be in my name. And yeah, people calling me the fuck it lady. And, and that didn't quite have enough of a ring to it for me. So the fuck it, fuck it therapist felt um, more alliteration uh, loving and, and things like that. Yeah, I, I, I love it because I think that it encapsulates not only what you do, but why you're different as well, all in one go, without it being offensive or attention seeking, other than in the way that it's in it's meant to be and yeah I I always knew you as the sweary Nikki it's like no not that Nikki the sweary Nikki yeah everyone would know (laughs) yeah I'm glad that you found something that feels comfortable for you that is probably uncomfortable for others because I kind of feel like that's the point of a therapist (laughs) this is it right you know working with me is about getting honest to the point of discomfort because that's where really amazing transformation happens so if we can start with just my title then you know what you're in for right yeah and it's really I find it really interesting as well that you've chosen the swear word that you have you yourself has said is the most adaptable one and I feel like that's exactly what it is it's all about adapting it's all about changing it's all about growing and yeah I feel like it encompasses so much depth with one swear word which is why swearing is fun (laughs) it really does it really does and you know one thing I have done is I've allowed for a bit of adaptation in kind of my bio so I'm the sweary spiritual coach which is a a way that I can speak to people who I'm not quite sure you know my website is Nikki Gorman so although I do own the domains for, for the fuck it therapist I, I I'm not sure whether I want to go fully there it might come in time it might just yeah. be that after a while of because you are still coming through this space I mean we all are collectively but you're still finding your feet from this you know highly emotional highly emotionally charged year that we've all just kind of managed to weather through 
in our own ways it may be that in the future it feels like it but I do like the fact that you have from a branding perspective from a brand strategy perspective I do like the fact that you've softened it enough so that it kind of it's the buffer it's like the buffer that you get at the bowling alley where it's like we're just going to ease you into this so you know you're you're prepping them by telling them that you're the sweary one and then you're also, it shows that you follow through and you're true to your word because you're there like, you're not just saying, oh, I swear a lot. And then not. Yeah. It's like fulfilling a prophecy. You're fulfilling a promise that you're a sweary therapist by calling yourself the fuck it therapist. So yeah, I just feel like I, I love, I love getting meta. Love getting meta with brand names. It's just super important to me that people were really, really clear uh, one of one of the, the uh, a lot of the feedback I received when I was before I closed my previous business was that people really love me, but they're not quite sure what I do. <laughs> they love that sweary Nikki, but what does she actually do? And I feel like this really does say what I do on the tin. And if you can step into that space and own it, then absolutely, like it, it's brilliant. I love it. I love the energy behind it. It's definitely been fun. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to be in a networking room with you, honestly. <laughs> just see the reactions (laughs) well very quickly um one reaction was um without meaning to um I'm very aware that she didn't mean to have that reaction you know we forget that we're on zoom sometimes and I literally without missing a beat said if you don't like swearing you'll probably want to cover your ears for the next four minutes Okay, one, why are you going for a four-minute networking pitch? But yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that in a minute. But but yeah, it's it's about having to own who I am and what I do with as much confidence as I can muster and then having a panic attack afterwards. Oh, fair. I was going to say, it wouldn't work if you didn't have the confidence behind that. No. But I assumed that if you're anything like me, you just kind of defer the panic to later or before. Yeah. And and actually, we came back into a room from breakouts. And the first thing someone said was, oh, my God, I need to tell you what Nikki's business is. I'd never met her. She remembered my name. She remembered my business name and she knew what I did. There you go. When you get it right, when you get it right. Let's talk about your branding a bit. And I know that this business is relatively new, so I'd be curious to know how you've approached this differently to your previous business. Is it something that you have invested in? Is it something that you've done yourself? What's that kind of journey look like for you with this business? Yeah, so with this business, I definitely have invested more in my website, time and money. And um, I think I have immediately recognised from the previous six years that, like I said, it takes a village. And what's really super important is that I be the expert on what I'm really good at and that I ask other people to be the expert on what they're good at so that I can run my business well. So, um, you know, things like working with, am I allowed to talk about people I'm working with? If you want, you can share whatever you want. I have no problems with that. So unless you're under NDA, then in that case, I do not facilitate this conversation. <laughs> Just say It's all good. Um, so I'm working with Siobhan Vox, Reveal Marketing, with the um, Possibility Posse. You know, I'm, I'm investing in, in that. I'm investing in working with people on strategy and um, all of those kinds of things that I didn't do previously because it's super important to me the my messaging my visuals my everything is cohesive and 
you know who I am whenever you speak to me. Brilliant. It makes my heart happy that strategy is coming first in this one. But taking my emotional context out of this, how have you found that it has made you feel about your business approaching your your business from this strategy focus as opposed to just kind of how I want to say winging it, but I don't want to insult you by saying winging no, it. No. Okay, cool. Winging it. <laughs> I was going to say the difference is I was winging it before <laughs> and it didn't fucking work. Um, <laughs> my business was successful. I'm, I'm certainly not going to shit all over six years of really amazing work. But what I do know is that this time, what's important to me is having those foundations in place from this year going forward. Um, Because what I did previously was I kept saying, once I've got the money, I'll do that. And I don't have the money. I don't, I don't have, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not somebody who is running a business as a hobby or, or for some pocket money. You know, we have one income in our house coming in. So especially right now with starting your business from scratch again, mm-hmm. but uh, anything that I am getting needs to be invested into my business to make sure that I'm actually doing things in some kind of coherent order that makes sense so that I can repeat that instead of just haphazardly kind of chucking things out and not really understanding whether that's working or not. And to be able to do that, you have to defer to experts. Awesome. Yeah. And I know, so for any listeners out there who aren't familiar of, and I'm going to say this because I never get the opportunity to, friend of the show, Siobhan Fox, (laughs) she's recorded a couple of episodes uh, for us. And you'll hear me mention her before because she is also one of our editors, which is cool. But Siobhan worked very much on the messaging strategy side alongside so many other different things that come away from that and go with that. And it's just, I've worked with her on my brand messaging when I've got really stuck as well. And it's just the way that she approaches it. But it's interesting to hear that you have chosen to work with Siobhan because I know that Siobhan is also a very sweary friend and also has a very pragmatic approach that's emotionally driven, but very practical. And I feel like that's how I perceive you as an individual and as a business owner. So again, it's that whole swearing can be a way of bringing people together. But more importantly than that, I feel like you are setting aside your objections from before to focus on who you're working with, not when you're working with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that will make a big difference. Yeah. And and having those conversations with the people I want to work with, instead of going, I can't talk to those people because I don't have the money and blah, 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 all of those kinds of things. Because, you know, previously it felt very much like if I if I admitted that I, you know, don't have the money to invest in this, this and this, that, you know, people wouldn't take me seriously as a business. But actually there's a freedom that comes from starting from scratch again because I I don't have um, I have all these wonderful connections with people that I've had for the last seven years and grown but I'm, I'm starting again so I get to use all of that fresh yeah does that make sense yeah no absolutely absolutely cool let's talk about and I know that this is going to be this this question may draw on kind of your experience as a business owner as a whole as opposed to this specific business but what is your favorite part of business not memberships um <laughs> don't say that <laughs> my future plans I'm sorry. <laughs> for me okay so um this is to go slightly spiritual for a second for me in my human design and in my astrology and all of those kinds of things Um, I am what we call an inconsistent person. That doesn't mean that I'm 
sh showing up for people it means that I need to be doing different things a lot yeah membership doesn't really lend itself to that yeah so actually what is a fantastic amazing please buy her membership what's what's a fantastic system for a lot of businesses to be able to scale their work up doesn't work for me what I love is working one-to-one -one with people I love group work and I love running workshops because they're one day one shot you get this amazing reaction and this amazing changes that happen for the people who come along and then they go away and that ripples out to other people and I don't have to work with them again they don't have to work with me again unless they want to come back for something else oh that's interesting so it's interesting that you like the types of working which is more like you're the catalyst for them to continue the change instead of being that continual that continual presence along the way yeah so I've, I've always said that as a as a therapist as a coach as a mentor you're working with me short term I don't work with people for longer than six months to a year and my view is if you need to still work with me after six months to a year I'm doing something wrong but that's because of the work that I do yeah how interesting that your brand name even impacts on that because fuck it is a it's an explosive expression of being done with something and it's a short term let's make let's make changes let's take action I love it when it all comes together it just makes me so happy <laughs> <laughs> yeah like my favorite thing is working one-to-one -one with people I'm an introverted extrovert so I I love I love working with people and then I love them to go away and my clients everyone who works with me knows that that's how I work if they want me they can email me and we can you know have boxer chats and all of those kinds of things that mean that I'm in control of how I exchange my energy. Interesting. What are you? What's your human design? Oh, God. Manifest a generator? Ah, uh, yeah. I'm a generator, so I'm just like pure work. And only when I'm excited by something is it worth pursuing, but it's really hard to do in business. <laughs> it's not. It, it is and it isn't at the same time. <laughs> but what's also really interesting when you get into that is, very briefly, I, I, um, I'm missing... Um, a particular gate that is all about generating bringing in people to work with so what's really interesting in that is that I've got the work ready for people but what I need is for someone else to bring them to me which means that the way that I best work is collaboration yeah of course with people who have that gate uh, human design is a whole other conversation <laughs> these honestly I love I love these episodes so much but it's always I leave with so many more ideas that I'm just like okay so two episodes a week can we can we do more are there more will people listen <laughs> the last question before I go on to your piece of advice for anyone listening is what has been your most effective or your favorite marketing method for growing your business and I'm after this conversation that we've just wrapped up I'm really intrigued to hear what comes next hmm. so my most effective marketing method for growing my business is swearing and being fucking honest about it <laughs> tell me more about this <laughs> so basically for me being myself completely and when I say being myself completely it doesn't mean that I I am an oversharer but it doesn't mean that I share everything about myself what I do do though is do do <laughs> it's getting late <laughs> I was trying to stifle a laugh and then you just pointed it out and it was just like oh my god 
Anyway, yes. What do you do? do? Kindred spirits. So um, what I do is I'll go through something. I'll learn what I need to learn from it. I experience what I need to experience. And then I may share it with others to assist others. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I think all of these are really, really catchphrasey kind of sayings. Um, But radical honesty, which makes us uncomfortable, is, I think, where people feel most connected to me. It's in those moments where I share stuff that other people will not share, that people go message me and say, I feel like you were talking to me. Interesting. It's almost like, and I use this analogy, sometimes it lands and sometimes it doesn't. It's breaking the window in a riot where up until that point, no one would ever dream of doing anything violent or anything. But as soon as that first window breaks, that's it. You've smashed that level of acceptance and it's now acceptable for others to do the same, no matter how it happened. And it's almost like by you breaking that window and showing what is and isn't, showing that that window has been broken so the barriers are down so people, you can talk about it, it encourages others to reflect that back to you. Completely, completely. Two really good examples of this are talking about my journey with PMDD, which is PMDD is an endocrine disorder that happens about 10 days before your period every month. Um, And it's it's like a a sensitivity to hormones that make you feel like you need to, to be sectioned. It's very, very extreme. Not every month, but it can be um, really, really, really debilitating. And I will talk about that very openly. And in doing so, it's enabled so many people to have conversations that they were scared to have because there is this idea and this story around women and periods and menstruation of, of, um, you know, hysteria and all of these kinds of things that are very, very outdated, but are still a thing. Yeah, unfortunately. Slowly. Slowly but surely. Yeah. And, you know, some people might argue that that's not part of my business model. So therefore, why am I talking about it? And I've had those conversations with people. And I'd argue that anything about the human condition is part of my business because that's that's the business I'm in. And the other thing is, is recently I spoke about um, I did a blog about my smear test that I had to have because, again, you know, it was about doing hard things, you know, when we've had trauma and experiences that you know I've I've had um, cervical cancer so you know these kinds of things are really really traumatic and scary and actually we can learn from that in my business about doing hard things and they're important conversations to have but they're conversations that people don't want to have and it's uncomfortable so that's what I do I think that radical uncomfortable honesty is yeah probably my best marketing method amazing I love that. And I love the fact that it is quite a collaborative thing because you're having a conversation as opposed to pushing out a sale, which, you know, pushing out a sale, there is nothing wrong with that at all. I encourage you to do it frequently as long as you do it in conjunction with other parts of marketing that feel good. Um, And collaboration and conversation is a great way of doing that. This podcast lead magnet, who knew? (gasps) Shock horror. Literally. Like at the end of every blog I write or or things, I'm like, if you need help with this, this is how I can help you. Rightly so. Awesome. Okay. Is there anything else about your business journey so far before we move to your piece of advice to wrap up the episode? Is there anything else that you would like to talk about? I feel like we've covered a beautiful amount. <laughs> 
a lot yeah perfect okay so let's wrap it up then with the what would be the key piece of advice from everything from your business journey so far that you would like to share with the listeners um I think I said it already but like just recognize that it's not one and done your your business is not one and done it's not likely to ever be one and done you know it's great to have a really good foundation and model that you you work on uh, and work from and can replicate and that's all amazing but you're still going to grow and your business is going to grow and it's going to adapt and you're going to have to get used to feeling like you're starting from scratch and that it's okay to do that yeah Absolutely. I think that that's wonderful advice. It's the advice that I need to hear right now, which is ironic how many times that happens on this podcast, because I'm in the throes of launching a second business. And like you, I have literally scrapped everything that I have done in the way that I built my first business. And it's terrifying and wonderful and scary and beautiful. And it's just so weird. It's such a weird bag of emotions. It's it's like a whole grieving process while also birthing something new and wonderful. Yeah, I would also recommend if anyone's in that stage where they're like, I kind of feel like I need to scrap my entire business because I've just had enough. Uh, I'm currently reading The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. He talks a lot around the different phases in business and the different personalities within business. And I have found that very enlightening. So whether you're at the moment where you're like, fuck it, I don't want to do this anymore or fuck it, I can do better um definitely just remember that either way is okay (laughs) it's fluid it ebbs and flows just like we do as individuals so there's never a wrong decision right exactly exactly there's only learning and hindsight which is a wanky thing to say when you're sat there in the muck of it but at the same time (laughs) if you'd said that to me a year ago Tammy you would have got a middle finger I think Oh, I think that someone did say it to me a year ago and I'd still have gone like, I know that you're right. And I know in content in future, you'll be right. But for me, it doesn't apply. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. So let's wrap this up. So where can the listeners find more of you online? Yep. So you can find me on my website, which is nikkigorman.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and on Google and uh, yeah, just everywhere, really. Um, You can either search for Nikki Gorman um, or The Fuck It Therapist and you're pretty sure to find me. Absolutely. Or you can check out the show notes where I will be leaving all of the links. Look at that for a second. Awesome. Thank you so, so much, Nikki, for being so honest with everything that's happened in your business journey I really feel like these conversations need to be had to normalize the fact that it is up and down and ebbs and flows and nothing is ever peachy forever but can be peachy again yes thank you perfect so listeners if you're enjoying the podcast I would love 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 for you to nip on over to iTunes and pop us a five-star review because it really helps me to continue bringing you guests and host these conversations and until next time head over to our Instagram community with the links in the show notes and we can continue these conversations in the brand lounge